Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Hey guys, this is episode 113, part one, featuring Mario and Santi. All right, hey, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. Today we have a double guest podcast, Mario and my boy Santi. <laughs> what's up, what's up? Hey, so you guys got clean together, right? Yeah, we got, we got clean together. Actually, Mario was my first sponsor. Oh, so he sponsored you? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I had, yeah. what, about a year and a half? Probably a year and four months. Yeah, it was, at the, it was at the JOA, the yeah. Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, I was sick as hell. <laughs> I picked up a white key tag there. I think Mario scouted out my Latino-ness. Oh, really? There. He was just like, oh, you're Spanish, come yeah. with me. That's, know, what that's exactly said. what he said. I need help. <laughs> Dude, I needed, I really needed Mario in the beginning because um, I was super intimidated I was afraid, like I had an ego to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you're afraid to ask people that, you know, that you're hurt or you're, you need people. Yeah. And it feels weird because like, I didn't pick up my first white key tag. Cause I was like, I don't want people to know that I'm new or think that I'm new. Yeah. You know, you want to act like you've been there before, you know, even though you haven't. Yeah. Mario made it real easy. He was calling me every day yeah. and it was supposed to be like, I call him every day, uh-huh. but he would call me nonstop. And like, every time I heard him, it would give me hope and mm-hmm. I was feeling good. And I was going to a lot of meetings at that time, too. So it was, like, refreshing. Mm-hmm. And it kept me, like, plugged in. And Mario was like, yo, you're Latino. We, he's like, yo, there's not a lot of us in here in recovery. He's like, yo, you're an immigrant. Like, yo, we got to work together. <laughs> and, 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 some, yeah. and some of the things that stuck with me in my head when I first came around, I was thinking of all the reasons why I couldn't stay clean. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, we don't have money or this and that. And I was telling him all the reasons why I couldn't stay clean. And Mario was always like, yo, well, you're going to have to work harder than everybody else. Mm -hmm. He's like, yo, we're not even from this country. You got to work harder. You got to fucking go to more meetings. You got to do more step work. You got to, at that time we were going to church. We were doing the fuego. No, we, had, we had immigration issues. Yeah. You know, like legitimate immigration really? issues. So, so oh, look, I look, thought you were more I thought, I thought yeah, you were born so, here. Nah, man. So, so let, let him give you a little content. So after, after like six months, I was going to meetings and mm-hmm. I was starting to feel comfortable. I would say like at six months, you, you know, the obsession was lifted. Mm-hmm. And Mario could sense that. Like, he was so in tune with how I was. Yeah, I needed this shit so bad. It's because you called him every day. Yeah, yeah, but it was just like, we hit it off, man. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was like a long lost brother that I I needed to find, right? And And, uh, like looking in the mirror. You know what I mean? It's similar with you, you know what I mean? Because, you know, like being Latino and growing up in like mixed neighborhoods, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Where, um... You know, you're you're kind of like the in between person, right? Yeah, you're not number one, you're not number three. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're in between, and then when you're from like a certain region in Latin America, right? Like I'm from Guatemala, right? And I was, you know, I grew up in Puerto Rican, Dominican neighborhoods, and like y'all, I couldn't identify. You know, and when it came mm-hmm. to like being Latino, Latino in that respect, right? From that area, 
So like when I came into the rooms, man, there weren't too many people that had looked like us. So when Sandy came around, I was like, yes, man, you got a green card. <laughs> you know, yeah, we could do this immigration thing together. And we could get through it. So it was a lot of identification in that. Yeah. So so after six months, right? He's like, Santi, what are you gonna do with your life? I was working at a restaurant mm-hmm. on top of a movie theater. He's like, yo, you should go to school. And I'm like, yo, I don't. I've tried school because I used to sign up for classes mm-hmm. and then miss the drop ad. I wouldn't buy the book. Mm-hmm. I was like too lazy to go to the drop ad or I'd be using and I would just take the F. Mm-hmm. And then in my head, I was just like, oh, I'm just not smart, you know? Yeah. Not realizing, yo, I never went to class. It's I never bought the book. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, dude, I can't do that. And Mario's like, yo, it's just like, NA, just, just fucking buy the book and sit in the front. I don't know if you told me that or somebody told me that. Buy the book and sit in the front. Yeah, and and that's exactly. So before that, everything was a process. You know, when you're new, everything is like a mountain to climb. Like they're like, hey, you should go register. License. You're like, oh man, how would I even go about that? Yeah. He's like, yo, go register for school. Mm -hmm. I'm like, go register for. This was like for me. It was like I think he told me this like three months ago, and it was like three month process. For me to go there, mm-hmm. just you know, making mountains out of molehills, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get there, and they're like, "Yo, your immigration is expired." And I'm like, "That's it. That's all I needed. I'm not going to school." You know? I'm like, yeah, "Yo, my friends are immigration <laughs> issue. Just don't go to school." I'm like, "My friends are opening up timeshare offices. Like, that's what I'm gonna do in my head." But then Mario's like, "This is like what he literally did. He's like, "Yo, we're gonna wake up at 6 a.m. I'm gonna grab you." We're going to go up to the immigration office. You're mm-hmm. going to sit there. And he's like, yo, I've been there before. Like, I know exactly what to do. And I was like, yo, I don't know. Uh, they're probably, gonna... you know, I was looking for a way out. And uh-huh. he's like, if he wasn't like, yo, I'm going to take, I probably wouldn't have done me. it. Yeah. And I went and it was a hard process, but we got it done. I signed up for school. Yo, when I was present, I was working a program. Like I was like, you know, my eyes were open you know, mm-hmm. somebody was home, you know, yeah. I did exactly what the, what he said. Hey, hey, and the other hit, right? I sat in the front and I did well, right? Math, I would struggle with. He's like, yo, take statistics. <laughs> Mario was, what was that called? Oh, the yeah. So, oh, yo, I got it. I, I got like one of the highest grades in the class because <laughs> Mario just fucking made that shit easy for me. He, he helped me learn. It's so crazy now thinking back. Like, that's, the, that's that skill that they teach you, like, uh, get with somebody that has what you want, mm-hmm. right? That's what I did in school, dog. I fucking, I, I got around the teacher and I was like, yo, if I could be a, an aide, I'm going to have access to all the information. <laughs> you know that's what I, mean? I did with school. When, yeah. I, when I went to school, I became uh, like the vice president of Broward College and I got one with like all the nerds. And I remember thinking like, why would I do that? And my boy was like, bro, you get paid. Yeah. And I was like, What? He was like, yeah. He's like, you're not a part of Phi Theta Kappa? I was like, what is that? I'm not joining no club. Like, to me, it's like dorky nerd shit. And he was like, bro, you already have the grade point average. You get paid for being in Phi Theta Kappa. You get, like, money off your tuition or whatever. And then I was like, damn. And, and he was like, yeah, it's 200 bucks to, to sign up. It was some money to, like, apply. And he's like, but don't worry. I know so-and-so that waves it for you if you give him a hardship letter. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is a hustle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, this is a hustle. And it's like, bro, everything you do in life, it's a hustle. There's always a hustle to it. And it's not always like unethical. Because I used to think like hustling was like a fucked up thing. But it's like, bro, there's there's a proper way to hustle the system or gain the system 
in a way where it's advantageous in a community. So it's like I learned the benefit of community in recovery where I was like, damn, bro. Like I used to think calling a sponsor was whack. I used to think like asking other people for advice was because my dad never asked people for I never heard my dad. Let me run this by someone. Like people I grew up with just did things, you know, and learn from their own mistakes. And in recovery, you just learn to run things by people. You learn how to sleep yeah. on it. Bro, one thing my sponsor told me was like, bro, sleep on it. Yeah. And I remember being like, you know, one of the, like, the biggest things like in business now that I take note of is people that are like, you know what? I don't know the answer. That's so valuable. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, tell me you don't know. Cause I've dealt with so many business owners and like partners. They feel like when I ask them something, like I, they have to come have up to with know. something. Yeah. And like, dude, I don't want bad information. Yeah. You no know? information is better than bad and, information. And like from yeah. us, we're like, yo, I want to learn from experience. I don't want to, I don't want to learn on your theory. Mm-hmm. Like I want your experience. Like, have you done this before? And it's okay if you have it. Yeah. And like, I love people that are like, no, I don't have the answer, but let me try to find it. Or I know mm-hmm. so-and-so who has yeah. the answer. Or let me ask so-and-so how they do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy, bro. And it's like, and what business, like, oh, I have an SEO guy. He's doing good for us. And it's never like an absolute. It's like they do good for us now or they did good for us for a while or they might be good for you, you know? So it's like in recovery, like there's very few absolutes. You know, like my sponsor used to always say that, like there's very few times where it says have to, never, or like must. And there's certain things that are, but very few things are, you know? Yeah, there was like, I was like um, watching like this um, podcast, I think, you know, um, like the quote that came out, it says something about like, there's no absolutes and truths, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many different perspectives, right? The way that we see something, you know, might, might be your truth, but you might see it in a slightly different shade, mm-hmm. right? It might not feel as good as it does for you. But the one thing that I love about what we've learned from the school of thought that we've come is that like in the basics, you know, that like common like truth, mm-hmm. right? Between all of us and the knowledge that we learn. Yo, that shit just like rolls over into like your personal life, your business. Yo, and then it just like, it's like the snowball effect. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't even get away from it, bro. Like when I was going through the pandemic, I felt so distant from everybody. I felt like I didn't have a connection, you know? And like for me, you because you said community and it really struck my arm, you know, it really hit me the journey that I'm on now. That's what I was missing. I was missing community prior to 2020. I had people around me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have community, man. And like since 2020 to like now with Santi, with you, I've been really just trying to plug in with the community aspect. And it's something that I didn't have in my journey prior to that. I used to shy away from like the fellowship, right? Because I was like, them, them motherfuckers are going to give me contagious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? They're going to give me what they have, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, because in the beginning, you grow really fond of the, the fellowship and you grow really fond of these people. And then you get to know them and it turns into, it goes the other way. You start to be like, nah, fuck them people in recovery. And you start to label people and it's like, you know, not to bring up anime, but it's like, you know, I watched Naruto. And when I was telling about somebody, because they're like, you know, like, what is it about anime? I'm like, you know, what's so dope about Naruto is that there's no good and evil. So when you watch regular shows, there's the good guys and the bad guys. With like this anime thing, it's like, you think people are bad? And then, like, 500 episodes in, you learn why they're bad. And you're like, oh, shit, I would have I killed everybody, too. You know? So it's like, and even on TV, like, we see terrorists. We're told that, like, these are bad people. And I'm not saying, like, terrorists are good people. But, like, you got to understand these people, somebody else killed their whole family. And now they got nothing to live for. And it's like, people are the way they are for a reason. And, like, even in my life, I try not to label people as, like, we're the good guys and you're the bad guys. It's like... There's people that I jive with 
and we have a similar mindset and we have similar goals. And there's some people that operate differently that might not have the same morals or standards, but I'm not better than. We just don't click like some other people. And I wish you all the best, you know, keep doing your things your way. Cause like, yeah. I don't fuck with everybody, but people think like I don't like them. It's like, bro, it's not that I don't like you. You just do some things that I wouldn't do in my life. And like, you can go start your own podcast doing like your own thing over there, you all know? All the energy, you know? Yeah, it's, just, like, it's, it's a lot of energy to do with a lot of people. I've been dealing with a lot of that lately too, man. Cause like, you know, I like, I like I'm really big on energy. Like I'm always trying to like harbor energy, mm -hmm. spit energy out the people, fill people up with inspiration. Um, but you know, at times, you know what I mean? It gets draining. You know what I mean? And, and so you have to kind of retract and mm -hmm. do a little self-care. And I think that sometimes people don't understand that. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, oh, he's being like this. Or why is he hanging out with that person and not calling mm -hmm. me this, that, and the other? And the reality is, it's like, nah, man, just going with the flow right now. It has nothing to do with you personally. When we yeah. interact, we'll interact. Yeah, right? I'm not not calling you. Yeah. I'm just calling this person. Yeah, we're flowing right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're flowing right now. We're doing things. You know what I mean? I'll be right back. Yeah. I've been on that. Like, I've been on this kick lately. I like how you said the anime thing. Mm -hmm. Because I've been on this this vibe as like, there's not like good and bad. And I've also been thinking too, it's like, yo, even the disease, like it's like our foe, our mm -hmm. enemy, but like, it's part of me now, mm -hmm. you know? And that's like the drill sergeant even today. Yeah. So when I was working on my seven step, right? And you know, one of my things is like just laziness, very insecure. And I was going to the gym, at early recovery. And, mm -hmm. and then when I had my second, when we got pregnant with the second child, I lost it. I put on like 40 pounds mm -hmm. and I was already like 30 and change. It wasn't, I couldn't lose it easily. Mm -hmm. And then I got to this point where I'm like, oh, I'm okay with myself. You know, I love myself today. And not just that. It's like, bro, who has a kid and doesn't, you know what I mean? I don't know anybody that has a kid or starts a business or does anything like super demanding and doesn't put on like 40, 30 pounds, you know? Yeah. So it's like, no, but being okay with it, being okay with yeah. it, with the, so, like, I feel like the disease is like, yo, you, look at yourself, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that shit triggers me to go get back into it. Mm -hmm. And, like, still to this day, like, it's like, yo, you're a fucking business, so you ain't shit. Do they know mm -hmm. who you really are? Mm -hmm. That shit, like, motivates me. It's like, I, I think we, we trashed the disease so much because yeah. it's, like, brought us to our knees. It's like, yo, I'm, like, big on the Chinese proverb of, like, you don't know what's good or bad yet, yeah. you know? Like, you ever heard the Chinese proverb, the farmer? I might butcher it a little bit, but it's, it's a Chinese farmer. He loses one of his horses. Mm -hmm. All the village people come and like, oh, that's a tragedy. You lost one of your best horses. He's like, that's bad, right? He's like, well, maybe. We don't know yet, you know? The next day, that horse comes back with a bunch of wild horses. And then the village people come back, and they're like, wow, you know, you're such fortune you have. Like, came back with, like, you got so many horses now. He's like, yeah, well, maybe, you know, and then um, his son's going to tame one of the horses. His son breaks his leg trying to tame one. And they're like, the village people come back and they're like, that, that's such a tragedy. It's right? always the fucking village people. Talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that shit. And he's like, well, I, I, I don't know yet. And the next day, you know, the, the army comes in and they're looking for like able-bodied kids mm -hmm. and they pass over him because he has a broken leg. And then the village people come back, they're like, oh, you got so lucky. You know, what's, what good fortune? Mm -hmm. It's like, we, we don't know yet, you know?
Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Factor has delicious, flavor-packed meals to help you live life to the fullest. Choose from keto, vegan, and veggie, calorie-smart, and protein-plus options on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Enjoy meals for any time of the day with breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Plus, replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 add-ons. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Put the time and money you save towards planning activities for when the weather warms up. Get Factor and enjoy eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavored packed meals delivered straight to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com exit 50 and use code exit 50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code exit 50 at factormeals.com exit 50 to get 50% off your first box. That's the story of my life. Like NA, like using was the worst thing that ever happened to mm-hmm. me. I was like on the brink of like life and death. I didn't want to use anymore, but I didn't know if I could stay alive because mm-hmm. it was too hard to live, you know, without drugs. It turned out to be like the greatest blessing. Mm-hmm. Dude, everything I have is because of like this program yeah. through like the darkness that it's given me everything. Uh, my boy called me when he was in a, a psych ward, and I remember he was like, he had just tried to kill himself. He's been in and out of treatment multiple times, and he called me in, like, the most gut-wrenching pain. And when he called me and was like, bro, I don't know what to do, he, he just felt like yeah. you felt it, you know? Like, he was just at his wit's end. Yeah. And I remember telling him, like, bro, the pain that you're going through now is going to perpetuate with so much power for the rest of your life. Exactly. So, like, bro, if you stay clean now, you're going to look back on this moment and this is the going to be what you think about when you think that life is hard. When I you, use that for mm-hmm. everything. Like, I, I, I take myself back to, like, the first day of withdrawals mm-hmm. and how bad that is. So, like, when I lose a job or, like, I lost a girl, I, I take myself back there and I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, I can get through it. Yo, the seizures. Yeah. Yo, I had a seizure salad the first day. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll kind of go into my story here and there. So when I was getting clean, my mom didn't know what to do with me, right? Mm-hmm. And I have, like, a Colombian mom. How old were you when you got clean? I was uh, 25. Okay. I have that Colombian mom, codependent, like, my son's my king type Religious. of thing. She, she's not, she, okay. she dabbled, she's spiritual, uh-huh. but not super religious. Okay. But she was, like, relentless, like, we're going to get my kid help or if it kills me or not. Yeah. You know, that's the... My mom was the type, like, you know, I won't eat so they can eat type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I hear a lot about your mom. Mm -hmm. And I had that same mom. I I don't know, something about Latin moms. (laughs) Yeah. That they're just like. They're just a rider, real riders. (laughs) Yeah. They'll do anything. So my mom's like, we were trying to get me in treatment and I had no insurance. Mm -hmm. We had nothing, right? She was desperate. And then she finally met a lady that worked at the watershed. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Santi, pack your bags. You're going to treatment. I have a friend. She said she could help. 
She works at the watershed. It's in Boca. It's super nice. Pack your stuff. And I'm like, at this point, I'm sitting at the house. I've been kicking. I'm, my parents are like on top of me, you know, where they're like yeah. afraid to take their eyes off. I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. I've already scouted the house. There's nothing to use there. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, fine. I'll pack. Well, what do I need? Like I packed my bag, whatever I had. We go to the watershed out there. Not like I work in treatment. I know how treatment center, mm-hmm. you don't just show up like that. I had my suitcase. I'm with my mom. I have my suitcase. I'm ready to in. No pre-assessment, no nothing, like nothing. They don't even know I'm coming. My mom's like, oh, can I talk to so-and-so? And then she comes out, and she's got, like, a hairnet on. Mm-hmm. My mom's talking to her, and I could see, like, she's, like, she like, the look of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like, the lady goes back in, and then she comes back out with, like, a plate of food. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm the lunch lady. Mm. <laughs> And it just took me back to, I'm like, damn, we ain't shit. We're fucking immigrants. Like, fucking, mm-hmm. my mom doesn't know nobody. And like, yeah, no one's helping us. Yeah. But you know what's funny is at that watershed, now I know him. He just passed away. My boy, man, David Fry was in there. He was wearing the pink scrubs because watershed wears pink scrubs. Mm-hmm. He came out and he could see like what my mom was doing. Afterwards, I got to know him and stuff. He had like two years clean at the time and he could see what we were going through and he's like wait wait a minute and he comes back with like an na uh meeting list mm-hmm. and he's like as a matter of fact what time is it he's like it's 12 he's like i think there's a five o'clock at boca pines and there's meetings going on there all the time mm-hmm. so my mom w- took me to the meeting i don't think i stayed clean like at that time but the seed was planted yeah it's just f- so funny how that stuff works i'm for sure and it's like People don't understand that first introduction, how important it is. It's almost like getting introduced to drugs. It's like when you get introduced to your drug of choice, like you're forever changed. So when someone takes you to that first meeting, like, bro, they change your life forever. And it might not happen right then and there. But once you hear the message and you meet a group of people that are on the same path, you know that you're not alone anymore. Yeah. So it's no, like that thing is there. Story. Yeah. When someone speaks, mm-hmm. and the best thing, I think it hits harder when it's someone that's not like you at all, yeah. but they tell your story. Yeah, when you're looking at them like this thing, and yeah. then they start talking, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, and it could be like a 60-year-old female, yep. you know, and you're just like, damn, she told my story. Because mm-hmm. the feelings are all the same, and like, yo, I remember when I read the second step, it says like, whether you were a junkie that were prostituting yourself, or you were merely just lying to a doctor to get sweet, your fix. Or the sweet old lady. Yeah. <laughs> sweet old lady. Yo, because I'm like, I'm like, I relate to the sweet old lady because that's yeah. what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I got really lucky because at 25, I, I thought I was at, it was a bottom for me. Mm-hmm. But looking back now. How much worse it can get. Man, I got plucked out. Mm-hmm. I got 1,000. And I think like one of the best things that I give, I think it was just the best thing that I've done is that I'm able to go to a meeting and I know that everyone's story, I am that person. Mm-hmm. So I've benefited from not doing their mistakes. Yeah, I usually have to make my own mistakes, mm-hmm. but that's one thing that I'm like, yo, I know not to relapse because so-and-so mm-hmm. did it and he tells me it's miserable. I've seen people with money relapse because every once in a while I'm like, I could go on a hard run now, mm-hmm. you know? There's people I, I know, I know like people that are like, yo, we were taking private jets to fucking Columbia and it still sucked. Yeah. You know? yeah. 
Yo, so, yo, the bit, I've had some of the best steaks in it. I felt bitter as hell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but yo, tell them about because every when you were talking about the um, wait, what about the seizure? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so she, we left that meeting, and then my mom. I had my best friend was this kid named Chris, and I didn't know at the time because you know adults don't talk to, like children don't talk to adults, but my mm-hmm. parents talk to each other, and she had found out that my friend's dad was in recovery mm-hmm. and that at one point he was using hard and he went to a halfway house and he was doing well now. So my mom, when she was desperate, she knew that Chris's dad had gotten clean. So she dropped me off over there. I didn't know this till last year, but he was about to go on vacation with his family to like South Carolina or mm-hmm. Georgia. One of those, he was packed up. He had just waited behind because they were taking separate cars. So he was just at the house getting ready to leave just picking up some last things. Mm -hmm. And we came to his house, like unannounced. And my mom was like desperate, like crying. She's like, Santi needs help. Like, look at him. Mm -hmm. I'm like coming off of Benzo's. Like I stole my brother-in-law's like a hundred Xanax. And Mm -hmm. I went through them in like two days. I I didn't know what was up, what was down. Mm -hmm. I was like, and she's like, can you help him? He's like, leave him here with me. He's like, what I'm going to do, I have a plan, blah, blah, blah. He's going to detox in my son's room because he's not here right now Mm -hmm. he's like i got it and my mom left you know she had some hope Uh and i was and and i was stuck in this like four-year-old kid's (laughs) room like Uh detox like what am i doing i don't know what's up or down coming off of benzo he didn't go on the trip i didn't know that Uh uh-huh you know you're you're out of it you're out of it i didn't miss the trip he missed a trip so last year i called him and like it hit me and I called him and I was like, because it was my it was my clean date. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I started tearing up and he could hear it on the phone. And he got worried. He's like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. He's like, he thought I was using or something. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I, Mike, I, I, I didn't know like you, you like took off that vacation because just to stay back. Mm-hmm. And like, and so I, I withdrew over there at his house, right? He waited three days because I needed to pee clean. He even gave me a job doing like landscaping. So I was out there like landscaping mm-hmm. while I was withdrawing, yeah. but it was, it was good. Cause it kept me out of my head. Yeah. I felt terrible. I was weed whacking and shit <laughs> with like a bunch of like hardened, like fucking Guatemalans <laughs> and Mexicans. Yeah. yeah that, that were just like work. 18 hours a day. Yeah. 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 And I conform, so I conform. I'm not going to be like the weakest one mm-hmm. out there. So I just, you know, I faked it and I was in there fucking mowing lawns and fucking drench yeah. sweat. On the third day where I could pee clean, he took me to this place, Incentives in Boca. Mm-hmm. And it's run by these two guys, Bobby J and Steve K, who's mm-hmm. like a oh, NA legend, uh-huh. mentor of mine, man. They both have like, Steve K has like close to 40 years clean. Mm-hmm. Bobby J just celebrated, I think, 25. Mm-hmm. But I got there. One of the landscapers actually was in there. He had like a year clean. And he was the only person I know. And I'm telling you, I didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. When you're withdrawing off, I, I've, I've come off of like blues, mm-hmm. like opiates and stuff like that. You feel terrible. You kind of know what's going on. The benzos, I felt like I was like tripping. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I wasn't in this world. I didn't know what was up, what was down. I knew I didn't feel right, you know, mm-hmm. I'm coming off of a lot of shit. I went into the guys that I knew apartment. I knocked on the door and he's like, yo, what's up? I'm like, I don't feel so well. That's the last thing I remember. I woke up in the hospital at Boca Regional, mm-hmm. right? So I went to high school at Boca High. A few weeks before, 
my friends were going out with these girls and there was this hot ass girl that I was trying to holler at, right? She is my nurse there. Mm-hmm. I had pissed all over myself. I don't know what was in my drawers at that point. Mm-hmm. She's like the check-in nurse. So it was like, it was hitting me. Like, I don't know, you have like these brief periods of like, of clarity, like moments of clarity, right? And like, I'm like, yo, what have I done with my life? Like I'm here at Boca Regional, this girl, like I was just trying to holler at, it's fucking got my drawers. She's like, I'm fucking just had a fucking seizure. It just hits you like, there. where am I in life? And at this point, I'm 25, so I have friends that are coming back. They're graduating college. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, what a loser I am. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I can't even afford to go to treatment. It just hit, like, reality hit me right then. Yeah, addiction humbles you, you know, and I think um, one of the amazing things that going to your bottom is, is that, like, you forever have that where it's, like, Whenever I start to feel like I'm the man, I start to be like, remember last time you felt like you were the man? <laughs> you know, you lost everything. Before my life fell apart in active addiction, it was a total high. Once you go to that point, I now have like this flashback of like, hold up, let me not get carried away because my whole life, I would just mash the gas and just hope for the best and I would crash. You know, after you crash a car, even you start to have that ability to be able to pause and be like, hold up, let me slow down. You know, let me look twice before I switch lanes. And I think that's like one of the biggest gifts that like addiction gives us is that we now have this ability to be like, hang on, let me slow it down for a sec. Yeah, man. Like they say, it installs like that pause button. That's what like first year is about is able to pause and be like, let me run this by somebody. Let me think about what I'm doing. And that triggered my recovery. And it started there. And like Like I said, said, that moment of honesty with the wine. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Damn. I, damn. You, <laughs> yo, cause I yo, like this. This is like like the, the the being a part of like your journey, you know what I'm saying? Like I've reached a point where like, you know, being down here is home now. You mm-hmm. know, it's my hometown. You know what I mean? They're my homeboys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These are my homeboys. I've lived, you know, close to almost twenty years around you, dog. And we've seen so much. Like and me and Santi, man, we we we've been at the bottom, you know what I mean? And like I've seen your journey progress and like what you wanted to be, what you were trying to be, and you weren't when you first came around, now you surpassed that, which is crazy. Yeah, in, in, in the external, and but what was cool was that you always had this spiritual connection that was very deep, man. You were but you had man. that. Like, Mario used to talk about God all the time. <laughs> like, no, but he used to have, like, a deep... They would have, like, all these recovery like mixed with bibles like uh-huh. those hybrids yeah. in the rooms and i was reading it right it's so crazy because when i talk about steve k and i was reading the old testament and it was like i think it was abraham who had a, a kid with mary and he was like already like 70 and i'm like that's steve k i'm like laura k's up there and they had a kid mm-hmm. laura i don't want to put her age out there but she was old at the time and i was like yo this is a miracle i'm like good things happen to good people yeah you know, in, in a halfway house talking about the wine story, like I used to, like the disease used to be so hard that I used to have to sleep with music on, yeah. man. I used to have like, headphones because I couldn't, I couldn't sit in my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sleeping because I came off all those benzos. They gave me some stuff to like lean off uh, in the hospital. But like, dude, the voices in my head were just so loud and I wouldn't sleep mm-hmm. and I would just toss and turn. You know, nothing gets you more angry when a roommate just sleeps and he's snoring and you're like fucking so jealous of that. And one night I just didn't sleep all night. And I'm like, I just want to sleep. I went 
to CVS and I saw like the cheapest bottle of wine. It was this barefoot like Pinot Grigio. It was like two ninety nine at the mm-hmm. time, and I bought two bottles. It was like piss warm, and I <laughs> and I went back to my mother's house because they were all at work. Uh-huh. I chugged two bottles of Pinot Grigio back to back to sleep to sleep. Yeah, and I woke up. I would sleep for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Wake up with more anxiety. That's exactly what happened. I woke up and it was the first time I ever hit me of a relapse. Mm-hmm. Like I woke up and I was like, shit, I feel worse than I did before. I'm like, I didn't have to do that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't have to ever, like the message was starting to get, like it was starting to like build in my spirit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I never have to feel like that again. Mm -hmm. But I was in a halfway house. And like I said, we didn't have a lot of money. So I wasn't going to tell anybody (laughs) because I wasn't getting kicked out and having to pay the deposit Mm -hmm. and all that. So it was like my little secret that, but then as I started doing more work and stuff like that, you know, that, that honesty bug yeah, kicked in, yeah. bit of, bit of, I waited like three yeah, months of course. and I'm like, yo, I don't even know my clean date is. It, I think it's around like June 2nd because I, I had this and I came honest, yeah, yeah. but I couldn't come honest with the halfway mm-hmm. house, yeah. obviously, because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just was afraid. To, and that guy, Mike ended up paying my deposit. Mm-hmm. He was like such a good dude. Awesome. I didn't want to let people down. But I was like, yo, I relapsed. I didn't pick up a white key tag because of the mm-hmm. whole halfway house thing. I think I got honest with you about that. Welcome to the Genesis House powered by the United Recovery Project. Located in sunny South Florida, we offer drug and alcohol addiction treatment as well as a major focus on dual diagnosis. Our addiction therapy programs include behavioral therapy, 12-step facilitation, psychotherapy, life skills training, and more. At our facility, you can expect a low client-to-staff ratio, daily group therapy, weekly one-on-one therapy sessions, and luxury amenities such as volleyball, basketball, pool, chiropractor, personal trainer, yoga, massage therapy, and more. Contact the United Recovery Project today and let's create a better tomorrow. Hey, you know, it's funny because my boy Johnny, Johnny was like my running partner. You met Johnny. I didn't even know when I was getting clean. I actually went to detox once because I had insurance. Mm -hmm. Never went to treatment, but I went to detox. And the day I went into detox, there was like a like a huge like case that they were arresting a bunch of people for like you know, pill mm-hmm. doctor shopping mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And they couldn't find me because I was in detox. And my boy, Johnny, he got arrested in New York. He was my running partner. He got arrested. So he found a recruiter and he's like, yo, I can make the charges drop if you sign up for the Marines. <laughs> and he's wow. like, he's like, oh, I need direction in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he grabbed this other kid, Eric, that we went to high school with. Good dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went to Marines. I went to detox. Mm-hmm. And like he was, he completed basic training, whatever. Uh, I'm not familiar with the Marines or mm-hmm. anything, but he would come down. He would meet up with me and I'm like, yo, I'm clean. But he always is like, he knew about the wine because I told him. Mm-hmm. He always brings it up too. <laughs> Nobody knows yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, what, what I like about that story is like, I, I think like when, when you came honest with that, you know what I mean? I think it was like a pivotal point in your journey, man. Cause like, I just really saw like this authentic side of you. 
And I think it also solidified our bond because I was like, I saw how hard it was for you to like get honest with that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you was carrying it for so long. So it was really cool when you said that. And then from there, it was just, it, it kind of just set the tone for your recovery. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, we do crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? We're like, like we're evolving. We're learning new shit. We're experimenting. We do all, you know, we get yeah. money. We fucking act like idiots. Then we get humbled and, you know, all that crazy shit. Um, but throughout that journey, because of that, we've been able to have honest conversations. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I think that that's the beauty of the program is like the benefit. No, to this day, I still use it because, like you said, we're experiment in life and we do shit that we, we regret. But I feel like I always make it a point that I tell at least like two people mm-hmm. that I trust. Because yeah. like there's certain things that you hurt a lot of people if you of just course. come out and you're super mm-hmm. honest about it. But there's certain people, because I can't hold that in. Because yeah, I d- and it's like I, like I tell people all the time, like, dude, I don't have any secrets. I have stuff that's for the public that's right. like, you know, I'll share in an open meeting, in an open format. I have stuff I share with my sponsees. I have stuff I share with my close friends. I have stuff that I share with my sponsor. And it's like, dude, the one thing about me is that I'll share everything with my sponsor. There's so many times where I've told my sponsor stuff. I'm, dude, my sponsor's been clean, like, 28 years and like super and he's like religious and stuff as soon as i tell him stuff and i expect him to say like oh i can't believe that or you know or tell me not to do it or something and then he'll be like yeah you know my first six years i was doing that and i'll be like damn you know and it's like um i have a friend who's a pastor and i remember i asked him because he was getting married and i was like bro what do you do like you and your girl didn't have sex and i'll never forget he's like we slipped up a couple times and I didn't even know that was a possibility. <laughs> like, like I didn't even, I didn't even think that was an option. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like there are times where there's an option, but we just don't get honest enough to hear it. You know? And uh, it reminds me, like when I ran these, I ran like 26 miles, I did like a marathon. And at 18 miles, I called my other boy Mary, who runs a lot. I was like, "What do I do, bro? I'm at 18 miles. My foot's cramping. I can't even like, I'm just gonna have to do this again or something." And he was like, "Nah, bro, you're finishing." I don't care what goes on. You're finishing, even if you have to walk. And then I remember thinking, like, bro, I didn't even think, I didn't think walking was an option. But he was like, bro, even if you walk the rest, you're going to finish. And it's like, bro, I walked the rest. When you don't have that other person to push you or to give you that other option, sometimes, like, we, we're we the ones who cut ourselves short. We're the ones who make ourselves failures, you know? No, I agree. Yeah, that's, that's deep, dog. That's deep. It, it just made me realize, like, like what you said about like you don't even think it's a possibility and like like this journey for me man like where i'm at right now in life where i see you guys at right like man that shit was like beyond my Mm -hmm. wildest dreams like literally you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like i couldn't even picture it or or calculate it or move Mm -hmm. the pieces where they need to because i couldn't even see that far Mm -hmm. right and like um to see where we're at to see how we feel our health you know what i mean the mindset you know it's like it's wild it's crazy. Yeah. And it's happened multiple times over and over for like the last couple of decades. <laughs> you know, you know, whatever, yeah, what, you know? what's crazy for me is like my mom and dad work at the treatment center. That's cool. Yeah. They've been there since day one, wow. man. It's so crazy because mm-hmm. my dad's the driver mm-hmm. and he makes it a point to pick up someone mm-hmm. from like detox or like their first encounters uh-huh. with my dad driving them. And he has the same conversations he had with me, mm-hmm. like on the way there. Yeah. And now he has the little experience. Mm-hmm. And, and then he also tells him like, yo, my son's the owner. Like mm-hmm. this might be a bad time right now, but you could do whatever you want in life. Mm-hmm. And he like gives them hope. Mm-hmm. And then my mom, like her gift is like, dude, she makes it home for them. Like mm-hmm. she does all the Thanksgiving meals. Yeah. 
Christmas meals. She cleans up the houses. She designs mm-hmm. them, like makes, and like everyone knows my mom. Mm-hmm. She gives them a hug. She's like, she thinks everyone's her kid. Uh-huh. And my mom and dad have been there since the beginning. That's dope. Yeah, I hired my dad to like, he would like uh, audit the calls. And dude, prior to this, like my dad, at first he thought like the 12-step program was a joke. He hated it. And then he got to a point where he was like really proud of me and had a lot of respect for the program. But he, when he started listening to the calls, bro, this dude used to call me every day. Bro, you'll never hear the call we got to. I'm like, I know, dad. He'll be like, bro, there's so many people out there who don't have insurance and nowhere to go. Oh, I'm so grateful that you got clean. I was on the phone with his family and I was just listening to them and I started to cry. And then he started to meet the other employees and he'd be like, did you know that Tammy's an addict? I'm like, bro, everyone who works there is an addict. And, And my dad would be like, Oh, he'd come home and be like, honey, there's this woman that works for us and she used to do that. And we'd be like, okay, you know, but now my dad has like another level of respect for like not just treatment, but like addiction and like recovery. And it's it's a whole world out there that people don't know. My mom still didn't have boundaries in the beginning. So like I'd be in the middle of like a tour with like the owners of treatment centers mm-hmm. in like the boardroom and she would walk in and she'd be like, Santi, you know who so-and-so's made a mess under the bed? I got to show you picture. And I'm like, mom, like mm-hmm. I'm in a meeting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like she didn't understand. And, and, and you know, her theory of like a business owner, mm-hmm. like in her head, she's like that I should be doing everybody's job. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do that. You know, and like her thought of it. I'm like, mom, how many businesses have you owned? Yeah. My dad, I caught my dad once talking to to like a a couple of the clients. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I have like 35 years clean. I called him out. I was like, you still drink. He was, he was Uh like, he thinks because he hasn't used drugs. My dad says stuff like that. He's like, oh, if you need me to sponsor anybody, I got you. You know, and it's like, it's interesting because like in recovery, we get so we kind of get used to hearing all these stories. Yeah, you know, we no, get so used to hearing you like, get callous. yeah, you get callous to it for sure. Yeah, no, I remember my, my parents dealing the first time, like a, a client passed away mm-hmm. and they were devastated. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, she was changed for like, you know, it was like hard on her for like two mm-hmm. weeks. And then a couple more people died and it was like hard. Mm-hmm. And then now it's to the day, like she, like you could tell she feel it's like us. Mm. Like we're sad about yeah. it. We're sad about it, but well, it's we've like been through it so many times. We've been, yeah, we're so callous to it. And and like it's like we're on the front lines too. And like I feel like we have to talk about it too, mm-hmm. because that's when it starts to become like trauma years from now. We don't realize it because we're in it. We're in the like the mm-hmm. opium epidemic right now yeah yeah and there's like a war going on and we're just so we're like just in the trenches we're just dealing with Mm -hmm. it and like sometimes so much death has happened and Mm -hmm. we're in the process like we all work in treatment i now understand why doctors call it a practice yeah yo we're we're going on like yo people are practicing man Mm -hmm. it's sad to say because like we're not that far removed from where we're like people were separating addicts and alcoholics and addicts are allowed to drink on the weekends. Mm-hmm. This isn't treatment. This isn't like high-end treatment centers mm-hmm. like 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, it's brand new. It's brand yeah, new. Yeah, like we're, like we're going. Like now it's like the pharmaceuticals are mm-hmm. helping, you know? Even and, the 12-step program. I just watched a documentary on how like one of the first 12-step programs was uh, created and the owner. And uh, when I watched this, it was like, wow, bro, like that was only 
60 years ago, 70 years ago, you know? Yeah. And it's like, bro, when you hear about that, it's like, we are still like founding members of like the first generation of 12 step programs. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is still the first lifespan of like recovery. You know, it hasn't even been a hundred years yet. What it's become in these last 60 years is like insane to think about how far we've gone in that short period of time. Imagine where it's going to be in another 60 years, you yeah. know? No. And, and I like how NA works. Cause you have the old timers that keep us grounded. And then you have the new people that mm -hmm. come in. Like one of the principles is open-mindedness and like, yo, the disease is changing. The recovery has got to mm -hmm. change too. We mm -hmm. evolve, mm -hmm. you know, it's a different group of people. Yeah, like of we, you, we, we came from pain clinics, mm -hmm. you know, we knew what we were getting. Exactly. Yeah. Now like, with fentanyl is crazy, bro. Yeah. I remember uh, when I got like my two year medallion, I, I got, I picked it up at like his old timers meeting. And I was screaming about the traditions and you got to work the steps. And I'll never forget, like, this old timer came up. He's like, you know, when I saw these young people get clean, I thought, like, you guys are going to, like, fuck it all up. And he was like, hearing you share, I feel like the fellowship's in good hands. So it's like it's important for us to start, you know, passing that down to the next generation, the people that are getting clean now at 25, 22, to learn the importance of the traditions and learn the importance of working the steps and stuff like that. We're like the hybrids too. Cause we were taught by like the, no matter what mm -hmm. to shut the fuck up, you ain't got nothing to say. And then we're also like, can relate mm -hmm. to like the new guys. We're like those hybrids. Mm -hmm. We hold a very important position in NA where we, mm -hmm. we, you know, we could see both sides of things. And like, as I'm getting older too, I appreciate the old school, mm -hmm. like, yo, just shut the fuck up. I, yeah. I know what you're going to Yeah, like, and, 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 and both schools of thought are, like, practical, you know, because yeah. it's like you got to be tough with addicts, and at the same time, you also have to be attraction, not promotion, right. you know? Uh, that's one of the best principles. Mm -hmm. uh, I live by that in everything. Mm -hmm. I like that you, you say, I try to practice these principles in all my affairs. Mm -hmm. Like I've done business with people where I know they're like members they're like, and they'll be like, no, this is business though. Yeah. I'm like, it's what? Like, yeah, what's, <laughs> what's that mean? Yeah. Let me just do some real spiritual and fuck up your whole fucking yeah. 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 Like, life. Yeah. I have, I have a friend who opened up a call center and it was just like a straight scam. And I was just like, he's like, and I'll never forget. He was like, bro, like all the recovery shit, like you could leave it at the door or whatever. Like that's what he would tell his reps. Bro, like, what are you teaching people? You know what I mean? Because it's like... You kill people. Yeah, and it's not... It's a bad... It's a bad message, and it's just not what you... It's, it's not... It's, it's crazy, authentic. bro. It's like, yeah, bro, like, it doesn't end... It doesn't end there, you know what I mean? It's like, bro, if you're not doing this in everything you do... No, um, and, 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 and you know... And it doesn't I've last. Like, what experience. happened with that business? You know what I mean? I've learned that through experience where, like, there's certain things that I haven't done, mm -hmm. like, with all the principles in mind, and I paid for it. For sure. You know? Like, you know, I say it's like the shortcuts end up being long cuts. Yeah. It's like you thought you it was. Cut, you're only cutting yourself uh -huh. short. Yeah. It's like, like even in business, sometimes I think I like created this new thing. Like sometimes like at our treatment center, people are like, what do you guys do differently? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> it's like, bro, it's like, it's like we do the same shit that everyone else does. We just try to do it with some love. It's like discipline. I think it is the discipline. Love, love and discipline and structure, yeah. bro. And it's like, we're going to have groups, therapy, counseling and medication some aspect of luxury and like that's it it's like a gym bro it's like sometimes people think that like if i found that perfect gym I would, you know that would be the hit factor if i found that perfect personal trainer and it's like bro that's maybe five percent of, of of getting in shape 95 percent is your fucking your effort it's, yeah your willingness bro it's like there's motherfuckers 
in jail right now working out for I, nothing. I tell our clients, I'm like, I never went to treatment. Like, you don't need to go to treatment. Exactly. But it's like, it's like, yo, you could also ride your bike to work. <laughs> it's like exactly. you, you can get there a lot faster with a car, mm -hmm. you know. You want to go to treatment. You don't want to go to the yeah. place. You want, yeah. yeah, you don't want it's to go to jail. It's been proven. It's a short luxury yeah. because you can't go to treatment centers forever. So it's like, you know, you're gonna either going to take advantage of learning how to use this gun or you're going to learn how to fist fight out there. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's some like, people think, blow opportunities. Yeah, I think like also too, like some people going to treatment and the misconception that they get is that they think that like, well, you're going to get all your trauma healed and all your therapy done within these like oh, 20 yeah, days. Bro. It's like, yo, I've been Keep on this journey. Back. I've been on this therapy journey for like 12 years. You know what I mean? Like fucking straight up trauma. Yeah, you're the first person I know who got me into therapy, who was like going to therapy. And I it's, my therapist on a fucking family retreat in really? December, dog. Oh, this, cool. this um, this like um, December, I brought the whole family together, dog. I got the therapist. I said, listen, dog, it's gonna be mad trauma. I need to heal these traumas with my mom, with my son, mm -hmm. everybody. I said, but I need you to be there from day the, the second I get to the airport, right? Mm -hmm. And I and I said, I got you covered, all expenses, cool. everything. Yo, it was one of the most therapeutic things, man. But I was here. But anyways, going into that. Yo, it's it's a process, man. It's a maintenance aspect of people that don't mm -hmm. take into consideration, man. Like treatment's supposed to give you a break, you know, mm -hmm. an opportunity to get some like clarity, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, and find some kind of direction and get some like you know advice. But yo, you're not gonna yo, you're not gonna heal something that took you years on mm -hmm. front Yeah, if we plant seeds, man. The show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.